to really follow this, and I don't understand the context exactly, but um, the internet was dominated yesterday by video of Ben Shapiro, who you work with at the Daily Wire, um, I think it's fair to say, attacking you. Here's the video. I just want to get your reaction to it. So maybe there's a point in the video where he explains what exactly you did wrong and how you were wrong. I, I haven't seen it. Um, but to call somebody, quote, absolutely disgraceful, particularly a coworker, seems like a pretty big step. What, and, and I really don't know the background here. What is that about? You know, there isn't much of a background. I saw the video when everybody else saw it when I woke up. Um, no one he, no one warned you about it? Nobody warned me about it. I, I, it looks like maybe he didn't know he was being recorded. It looks yes. like it was some sort of a private event. I got no clarity. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Candace Owens went on Tucker Carlson today. It just came out within the last hour or two, and she talked about the situation where Ben Shapiro is even telling her to quit today because she posted a Bible verse on Twitter. Crazy stuff. We're going to talk about it, and I have two long clips of Tucker Carlson on X because Tucker's cool and he doesn't overly copyright stuff. So I'm going to share it on my page and make sure if you want to see the full interview, go look at Tucker Carlson on X because he's a cool guy. And uh, this interview is brand new. I got five minute clips for you. But before we start, Dream Rare Podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. Yeah. What's going on, folks? I'm not going to waste your time because I have two pretty long clips. And the second one is Tucker Carlson saying he was outraged that donors allowed anti-white racism on college campus. Pretty wild stuff. We're going to watch that clip second. But first, we're going to watch a pretty long clip of Candace responding to Ben Shapiro, basically calling her out and calling her disgraceful. Um, it's interesting stuff. Here's the first clip. And when they never explain what you got wrong, they don't call it wrong. They call it disinformation, which mm -hmm. suggests it could be right. That's usually a tell. And, and speaking of, so I was out of the country yesterday um, and didn't have adequate internet access on the plane to really follow this. And I don't understand the context exactly, but um, the internet was dominated yesterday by video of Ben Shapiro, who you work with at the Daily Wire. Um, I think it's fair to say attacking you. Here's the video. I just want to get your reaction to it. Yes, uh, the, the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this administration. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, Candace Owens. Yeah. I, 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 I think she's been absolutely disgraceful. I think that I think that her her faux sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. It's not faux sophistication; it's ridiculous. Everybody can see the moves that she's making and the things that she's saying, and I find them disreputable. So maybe there's a point in the video where he explains what exactly you did wrong and how you were wrong. I, I haven't seen it. Um, but to call somebody, quote, absolutely disgraceful, particularly a coworker, seems like a pretty big step. What, and, and I really don't know the background here. What is that about? You know, there isn't much of a background. I saw the video when everybody else saw it when I woke up. Um, no, one, he, no one warned you about it. Nobody warned me about it. I, I, it looks like maybe he didn't know he was being recorded. It looks yes. like it was some sort of a private event. I got no clarity on the issue that he was particularly speaking on. And in what was said, I also, I can't respond to it beyond what he's saying because it's just ad hominem attacks. I don't know. Yeah, because it's not, you know, we disagree or yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think she's correct or maybe she doesn't know what she's talking about. It's absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, exactly. And so I can't respond to it on a level of intellect because there, there's nothing that he has expressed in that, at least in that short clip that he fundamentally disagrees with in terms of what I said. But I will say that I'm not going to respond with the same ad hominem attacks. Yes. I don't think it helps further discussion. And it, if I, that was me that was caught on a video saying that about colleagues that I work with. 
I would be embarrassed. I would. So I think that the video speaks more to Ben's character than it speaks to mine. Has he texted you to apologize or explain or anything? No, nothing. I haven't heard a single word. It just was sort of something that he said. And you know what? Ben and I have many disagreements, so I don't think that that's particularly something that's interesting. Um, we disagreed on the COVID vaccine. We disagree yes. on Ukraine and Russia. He has taken virtually every stance that has been the opposite of mine on every issue uh, over the last five years. So I don't think that that's particularly the COVID remarkable. Vaccine. Really, I didn't remember that. Yeah, he was pro the COVID vaccine. I was anti the vaccine. You know, we were all idiots for not getting the vaccine. So that's totally fine. I, I am totally open to people having a difference in opinion. Right. I would hope that amongst colleagues that it would always be civil disagreement and i would never in a private event stand on a table and talk badly about ben it's, I would a little say, it's a little weird so he was on the left on those three biggest issues of our time is what you're saying he has converted his opinions he's accepted responsibility he said you know i was wrong about the vaccine oh, good. Good. Uh, yeah. he is you know obviously pro pharma his mom's a doctor and i say to people i'm very aware of my perspectives on big pharma and yes. i talk about it on my show openly and i think that that's a tremendous credit to the daily wire that they allow a difference of opinions. But I would, I, as I said, hope that it would remain respectful yep. and that you wouldn't throw your colleagues um, under a bus, so to speak. I think, in that, a I, think that, I think that's fair. And just just for clarity, because I really don't know, did, is he your boss? Does he? I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about uh, Ben's involvement. He's not he's not the CEO of the Daily Wire. He yes. is not making the data agents of the Daily Wire. And I do want to make it very clear because people are like, how could you possibly stay at Daily Wire after this? I have a very good relationship with the co-CEOs, the Daily Wire. I, you know, especially right now, the acting CEO is uh, Caleb Robinson. He's a wonderful person. He's worked very hard to be where he's at. We have a lot in common that we connect on. And so people don't get to see that, which is unfortunate. You know, Ben lives in Florida. He's not a part of the day-to-day -day movement of the Daily Wire. You know, the rest of uh, the hosts have their shows situated in Nashville. So we see each other every day. We talk. There's great camaraderie. Yes. And there's actually more agreement. There's actually a lot of people that are, as I describe myself, just pro-America first. And I think I've been that way consistently throughout my political career. Whether people agree with it or not in different moments is up for debate. But there, I, I don't want that video to become a reflection of how the Daily Wire works and the Daily Wire operates because I have had a very good experience uh, with the CEOs and, you know, love Michael Knowles, love Matt Walsh, yeah. Andrew Clavin. We all get along really great. Well, it certainly speaks well to the Daily Wire then. So it's not, I mean, a clip like that, on the internet, oh, Candace Owens is out or something. That's yeah. not doesn't sound like that's what it means. Yeah, no, it's a you know, it's it's a small group of people. We see each other every day. Right. Brett Cooper is not. Well, following up, Ben Shapiro is trying to kick Candace Owens out, and uh, he's he's telling her to quit, or he wants her to quit, or he suggests that she quits. That happened today. I want to show you that uh, Candace quoted a Bible quote, and Ben Shapiro took the quote literally. And he's telling her to quit because she posted a Bible quote. So when you post a Bible quote, Ben Shapiro, it's like throwing water on a witch. He goes, no, oh, no, the Bible. Ah! You know, he's your great ally or whatever. But he he took this Bible verse very personally. He, I think he thinks the Bible is about him. And, and I don't think he likes it. But here. Candace posted this on Twitter. She said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for their kingdom is in king the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye which men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's a beautiful post. Most people would just be like, that's nice. Uh, not Ben Shapiro. He goes, no, 
I'm taking that personally. You can't serve money. I'm Ben. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking, but here's what he said to that, literally that post. He said, he said, Candace, if you feel that taking money from the Daily Wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means, quit. So he's trying to get her to quit because she posted a Bible verse and Ben's mask is slipping. I know he pretends he's just like you or whatever, but I think when you read certain Bible quotes, Ben takes it extremely, extremely personally and gets really, no, Bible, no, no, Candace, quit. If you don't agree with all my foreign policy, but also I'll call you anti-Semitic if you say I have the foreign policy that I have. These are the rules, quit. Candace responded, she said, you are utterly out of line for suggesting that I cannot quote bi biblical scripture. The Bible is not about you, said Candace. Uh, ben will probably disagree. He probably thinks it is about him. Um, he's, she, she followed it up and she said, you've been acting unprofessional and emotionally unhinged for weeks now. And we all have had to sit back and allow it. And we've all tried to exercise exceeding understanding for your raw emotion. But you cross a certain line when you come for scripture and read yourself into it. I will not tolerate it. Uh, Charlie followed it up. Charlie Kirk said, I am genuinely confused why asking questions and quoting Bible verses about peace warrants a call to resign from Daily Wire. There should be more room in the conservative movement for disagreement. We can all do better than this. And Candace Owens said, Christ is king. I'm sure Christ is king really bothered Ben Shapiro too. No, Christ is not king. Oh my gosh, Candace, stop. You're so mean to me. Um, Here's a clip that I'm sure Ben Shapiro will also really hate because Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens are just speaking about the bias on college campus and they're confused why pro-Israel donors allowed all of the stuff to go on for 10 years and only cared at that point. That makes Tucker upset and Candace upset. And I know that Ben will not like this clip, but unfortunately it already has over a million views on X and it's probably going to get tens or hundreds of millions. But Here's that clip. Let me know what you think in the comments, and then we'll talk about it. I think in terms of this, that's what's also happened, is that people that are pro-Israel are pro-Israel, a lot of them, because they have family members in hey, Israel. I get it. They I have homes it. in yes. Israel. Yes. And so they feel very attached to this issue. And, you know, I was very happy to host somebody who was pro-Israel. He's a pro-Israel comedian on my show the other day, and I explained this to him. I said, you know, you are demanding that we have this same response that you are having about what people are saying on college campuses. The rhetoric on college campuses hasn't changed. Did you not remember what they were saying, what professors were saying, the anti-white explicit racism that was happening and not even just allowed in terms of student protests, but was written into the curriculum curriculum at these universities for years. People were yes. learning this actively in school, that whiteness was associated with wrongness. You had college professors that were writing about this need to, to, to there need to be less white people in America. You can find these articles. They exist online. They're everywhere. They're and, everywhere. And that seems genocidal. I mean, if you're it saying- It is genocidal. Like by definition, if you're saying being a certain ethnicity or race is itself a sin and we need less of you, I mean, isn't, that is the definition, is it not? Right. Is it it was an understanding of needing to breed out white people. It was unbelievable what I was seeing. And I was impacted by it because I'm in a biracial relationship and I have biracial children. So you are telling me that my children are going to have to decide between whether or not they are white oppressors or they are black victims. It doesn't stand for me. So I was attached to this issue and it's something that I fought for hard on college campuses and there was no support. There was nobody talking about, well, this is what needs to go. We, these kids need to go on to blacklists. And by the way, if they did speak that way, I would have disagreed with it because I am pro 1A. I, you know, I believe in the First Amendment. I believe yes. that kids, by the way, are naturally stupid in case people forget. I started on the left, right? Yeah. So if you found me in college, you would have found 
a pro-life person who believed, you know, in some racist principles, you know, fundamental racism in America, because that was what I was being taught systematically yes. in the classroom. And then I got to grow up and change my mind. And I don't think people have thought past their immediate emotions to consider what's going to happen when you put these kids on blacklist. You think that's going to bring them over to the pro-Israel side when they get older? Most of these kids, especially when you're talking about the cream of the crop at these Ivy League universities, already have access to money and wealth and connections. And so maybe debating the issues and explaining to them why it was wrong to sign this specific letter, which didn't call for explicit violence against um, the Israelis, but it actually was very poorly timed and it blamed them for what happened, yes. which would have been horrific. Imagine after 9-11, somebody issues a letter on college campus and says, oh, well, sorry about the fire department. I, I agree. Yeah, I get why donors are mad. Imagine. And, yeah. and by the way, I support donors giving money to things they agree with. Yes, I support uh, that. I, I strongly do. Yep. The part that and so I have no problem with that at all. See? You don't like it, don't pay for it. Good for you. However, then I thought, well, wait a second. If the biggest donors at, say, Harvard have decided, well, we're going to shut it down now, where were you the last 10 years when they were going for white genocide? You were allowing this. And then I found myself really hating those people, actually. that You're okay with that? On what grounds were you okay with that? And I, this is what I've been trying to explain to the pro-Israel lobby, that what you are seeing is a lack of support, is people that are asking the question is, where were you yeah. <laughs> as we have endured all of you this? You were paying for it, actually. Right. You were paying for it. You were you were paying for it. Because you were calling okay my children immoral for their skin color. You paid for that. Yeah, and and so why it. shouldn't I be mad at you? I don't understand. And so that is, you know, obviously you have a, a ton of white people that are asking this question and they're now being called anti-Semitic. And I think that that's wrong. I think these are meaningful questions that deserve to be answered. Why was this uh, this sort of verbiage allowed into the curriculum? I mean, could you imagine if in the curriculum it said that every every Jewish person born is a terrorist? This is systematically what has been said. I would be totally opposed to that. In you're learning this, not even just, by the way, at the college campus level, in high schools. I've covered this on my show at high schools that they are now allowing children to stand up in an auditorium during, uh, not Black Lives Matter week, uh, during, uh, what is February, African, uh, yeah, for a whole month of February, African American month, I'm totally, Black History Month. Black History. I was like totally blanking. I'm like, what is, what is February? Black History Month. They were allowing at this very elite school $50,000 uh, per a month. Uh, to attend the school for a year to attend the school for these children to stand up on a stage and yell in an auditorium. Black kids were allowed to be on the stage. White kids were sitting down at this elite school and they said, you don't know what we lived through. You don't understand what how your whiteness impacts me. This is going on in New York City right now. That is explicit anti-white racism that is happening. And I covered it on my show extensively. Nobody cared. There, there was no bus calling these kids no. anything wrong. And so trying to explain that of why people maybe are not reacting um, with the amount of vigor that you would like to see is now being interpreted as anti-Semitism. So everyone's being called anti-Semitism. It's a little bit like watching the city of San Francisco in the week before Xi Jinping shows up become totally clean, sparkling clean. There are no junkies or rapists. It's quite the conversation. I'm sure left-wing journalists, right-wing uh, Zionist journalists will be super upset with that five minutes because I've been told, at least what I've seen online, that it's a racist conspiracy theory to ever talk about, you know, white people being discriminated against or whatever. I don't know. And you definitely can't say the G word that Tucker Carlson said. So, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll get a lot of uh, press backlash. But the thing is, nobody really cares about the press backlash anymore because they've overplayed their hand and they just talk a lot and nobody reads it and listens to it. And Elon Musk doesn't like them. Tucker doesn't like them. Trump doesn't like them. Nobody likes them. And they're kind of running out of room. So all they do is just freak out and call people names. With that being said, I mean, that conversation that they're having, I think it's a very 
interesting conversation in the sense of like, where was everybody for that sort of stuff? And when Tucker said, you know, later in the episode, and he said it before, how hundreds of thousands of kids in America are dying of fentanyl, you know, Ben made this really pissed off video being like, it's not the same. It's not even remotely the same. And it's like, I mean, nothing's exactly the same, but there is something to be said about hundreds of thousands of American kids dying and nobody cares. People protest Israel in the streets. They protest Palestine in the streets. They have two foreign flags in their hand, yet they're in a shitty city. And whether they're pro-Israel or pro-Palestine, when they go home, that city's still going to be shitty. And it seems like nobody cares. So there actually is like a purpose for talking about it. And one thing that I've seen when it comes to black activism and Jewish activism and female activism, you know, you could take a, a lot of different examples. People want to be tribal, but then they want to call you racist or sexist when you're tribal. So it's like, you know, women can be tribal and they want to believe all women except for women who disagree with them and you can't be tribal. Or It's like, that's the hypocrisy in America. If everybody's tribal and we're all like, we're American, no matter what we are, are it works. If only certain groups like Ben Shapiro can be tribal, but then if another person's tribal, he calls them racist or anti-Semitic. It's like, that's when people stop listening to you because it's like either all or nothing. Like everyone can be tribal based on race and religion or nobody can be. You can't have certain groups getting certain funding, certain rules, certain this, certain that. And then other groups get nothing. And Trump and DeSantis plan to it, too, where they'll be like, we need to stop anti-Semitism here. Let's pass a bunch of speech laws and protest laws and make this a felony and give forty five million dollars to this school and that school. And it's like, OK, well, a white kid just got beat up and killed. Probably it was race based. It might have not been. I have no idea. I didn't really like I don't like to look at negative news like that. But it's like if you're actively passing laws for one religion and not my religion, it does. It's not a religious bill. It's a lopsided, one sided tribal bill that doesn't include me. You know what I'm saying? If you're allowed to like your race, but I have to hate my race and you're actively out in the streets saying that you want less of my race and you want it to disappear. Kind of like Tucker said, like, what message am I supposed to get from that? Like, you're basically like, you know, we want this to be this way and we don't want your ethnicity in it. And a lot of the Palestinian protesters are like that, too. They're like, we're not listening to white people anymore. And it's like, OK, so there's no wisdom to be found from one entire race. That's crazy rhetoric. I don't believe that. I think every person of, you know, there's people from all races and religions that have something to share. But, you know, First Amendment wise, you could say that. But I think a lot of people are just tired of being called racist and anti-Semitic and sexist for, you know, wanting to exist. Men commit suicide at rapid rates, yet society is always beating down at men. And I'm not a victim. I'm just saying it's like if a man stands up and believes in himself, they just call him sexist. If a white person does the same thing as a black person, they call him a racist. And if a white person wants the same things that, you know, Ben Shapiro does for his tribe, they call you anti-Semitic. So it's like the conversation that they're having is a very honest conversation, uh, probably too honest for a lot of people's ears and liking. But, you know, with X, with Rumble, with other alternate platforms, with, you know, people just not giving a crap anymore. It's like if you were ahead of your the curve like 10 years ago, people might not like it, but then everybody will figure it out eventually. Like the stuff that Republicans are saying about San Francisco, Democrats will believe what we're saying now in seven years because their city is falling apart. So it's like either you figure it out or you get run over. So, you know, the truth uh, ages well. I want to say this about something I've been seeing just based off of like that conversation as well. I posted this on Twitter and keep in mind, I haven't taken like a huge activist stance in this war for the same reason I have it in the Ukraine and Russia. I have sympathy and empathy and love for innocent people. And I have sympathy and empathy for people in other countries. But 
you know, I have sympathy and empathy for my country too. And I'm American. If you see a flag in my bio, it's not going to be an Israeli flag. It's not going to be a Palestinian flag. It's not going to be a Ukraine flag. And it's not going to be a Russian flag. It's going to be an American flag or a Christian cross. I'm, I'm, I'm not putting another flag in my bio. Uh, you know, that's my, my personal intuition. But in general, when I comment on stuff, I have a lot of people saying, oh, you're a terrorist sympathizer trying to make everything so black and white. And I want to just explain what I was saying and then see if you guys understand it. So I saw a clip of some Jewish woman that was pro-Palestine or pro-ceasefire. She wants the war to end. And you don't have to agree with her, but she is a Jewish woman and that's her stance. She's saying, hey, I want Israel to stop bombing uh, what they say they're not bombing or whatever. Just stop the war, you know, ceasefire. And then these these people come up to her with Israeli flags. I don't know if they're Christian Zionists or they're Jewish. I'm, I would assume that they're Jewish, but maybe they're Christian. I don't know. But they walk up to this Jewish lady with a ceasefire now sign and they say, I wish you were raped. Like they literally are calling for her rape because she's a Jewish woman that isn't like super pro-Israel. And here's the point that I was making. I'm not pro-Palestine. I'm not waving a flag. Here's the point I was making. If if that happened, if a Palestinian activist said that to an Israeli activist, you would have Dave Rubin, Ben Shapiro, and all these people. They'd say, see, that's proof that they're violent. See, that's proof that they're calling for rape. Now you need to shut down all of the protests because of that Palestinian activist. They've been saying it. They're like, yay, France is banning protests. Yay, I'm Dave Rubin. I'm a total hypocrite. My whole life is a lie. Woo, I'm a liar. Woohoo. You know, and it's like, okay. So if that's your logic, that, that if that person says something so crazy, now the whole protest is illegitimate and you have to shut it down. All I said is, if the roles were reversed in this thing, Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro would be calling for the protest to be shut down. And even though that's an insane thing to say, I mean, it's crazy that that woman said that to the Palestinian Jewish activist lady. But it's like, are, what, are you going to shut down every Israeli protest? No, no, you can't in America. You got to allow peaceful protests and you can't allow the crazy fringes to delegitimize the entire thing. Um, and if it's like the BLM riots where it's just like people just like pillaging like entire cities and stuff, then it's like, yeah, that's not, that's clearly not a protest. You know what I'm saying? But in this situation, I was just pointing out the hypocrisy and someone's like, you're a terrorist sympathizer. And I'm like, listen, buddy, I'm only one vote. I'm only one person, but as a registered Republican who votes Republican, who understands the Democrats are insane, and I'm still going to vote Republican locally because they're way better. You're making me not want to like the Republican Party if a bunch of right wingers are going to call me a terrorist all the time and a terrorist sympathizer for pointing stuff out. It's it, just like Candace said in uh, the Tucker interview, if you go watch it on Tucker's thing on X, it reminds us of the Patriot Act all over again. When If you read the Patriot Act or you look past what they said about it and you were like, I don't think this is good for America, people called you a terrorist. I, I, I would say my whole teens, people were telling me I was a conspiracy theorist because I was pretty smart for my age. I saw through the Patriot Act. I saw through a lot of the wars and people kept saying, oh, what are you, Bin Laden, Al-Qaeda? And it's like, what are you talking about? I'm 15. What, like, I'm American. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I've never even been overseas. Why are you calling me this? And this is the same bully tactics that they use now. I point out the hypocrisy of, you know, there's crazy protesters on both sides saying crazy stuff, but that doesn't mean you could shut down an entire protest because they're yelling at each other. And then they call me a terrorist sympathizer. And it's like, and then you got Shapiro acting the way he's acting, Dave Rubin celebrating the shutdown of protests. Interesting, interesting stuff. I think a lot of people's masks are, um, you know, falling and their true characters being revealed. And I want to say this when it comes to hate in America, because they talk about Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, racism, xenophobia, you know, like there's always going to be something that they're drilling home. And I think anti-Semitism 
is something that is always focused on from both administrations. But in order to stop hate, it's actually, and this is an unpopular, but I believe to be accurate opinion, but this is highly unpopular. The government can't legislate hate out of America. Do you know how insane that is to look at Nikki Haley and be like, oh yeah, she can get rid of hate. How the hell is she going to get rid of hate? She probably hates herself. She can't even, you know, she can't even fill up a bag of groceries, right? She's going to stop the world from being hateful in America. Like who's going to stop hate? Trump, DeSantis, Biden, Kamala Harris. Who's going to stop the Islamophobia? Who's going to stop the xenophobia? Who's going to stop the anti-Semitism? None of them because you can't stop hate with bills. Like that's not at all how it works. And the number one thing that I believe that would lower the hate in America, well, I could say two things, would be honesty and self-accountability. And these are two things that nobody has. Let me give you an example, okay? And this goes for all activist groups and all things that people are trying to stop. I could name 20 different types of hate. Let's just say in school, if you had the one kid that like nobody liked, and imagine if that kid was like, yo, let me pass a speech law to make it illegal for you to say that I suck. And it's like, okay, that just makes you suck more though. And it's just gonna make more people not like you. Like at the end of the day, there is a lot of propaganda. There is a lot of brainwashing. I don't think the masses are right about everything by any means, but in general, it's like, why is self-accountability never, never thought about? It's like Ben Shapiro would rather pass 15 speech laws to say that you can't say that he's sneaky instead of not being sneaky. And it's like, I'm not talking about everyone. I'm talking about you, but he takes the Bible verse personally because he sees himself in the Bible. And he's like, oh, money and God. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You should quit Daily Wire. Why? Because Candace Owen shared a Bible verse. Now she should quit. Like Ben is a snake. You know what I'm saying? But he'd probably say that that's hate speech that I called him that, but it's a, it's not about everyone. It's about him. But it's like, instead of stopping his hypocrisy and lies, he'd rather stop people from talking about it. But it's like the self-accountability would go a long way for all groups. And I consider my group as well, whether you say white or Christian or whatever group you want to put me in, I'm not above it either. I'm not trying to just silence everyone who says things about white people. Like maybe there are some, like maybe they're not right about everything, but maybe there is something going on that we need to have an honest conversation about and not just shut everybody up all the time. And maybe if we were all a little bit more honest in all our racial groups and all our political groups, maybe we could come to a conclusion. Cause it's like, if you took left and right, left-wingers hate right-wingers, right-wingers hate left-wingers. I get it. I don't hate either side, but they both annoy me. So when I look at left-wingers, they're like, look at that Tommy Lauren. She's kind of annoying. And it's like, kind of, yeah, you're right. Or like Charlie Kirk's kind of annoying. It's like, sort of, I get it. Uh, and then you go to the left and they're like, or the right. And they're like, look at, look at those left wingers and they suck. And it's like, they do suck. You know? So if every side was a little more honest, I think we could get rid of a lot more hate, but everybody wants to pass a speech law and you got all the Republican Zionists. They'll say, no, this is how we get rid of hate. Why? What? By giving tens of millions of dollars to one religious group, but not another religious group by passing lopsided religious protection laws for not your religion, but only one religion and a racial group that a lot of them aren't even like, how is that going to stop hate? It's only making more people annoyed and it's only making more and more tension. If you handed out, here's $3,000 to like one race. I'm just giving an example. This isn't happening, but they would like it to with reparations. Here's $3,000. Only one race gets it. And then no other races get it but then it's hate speech to get mad at it. It's like, do you think all the races that didn't get the money would be like, oh yeah, that makes me really like that race more. And I, you know, I'm no, it would piss people off to the point where tension and, and division would rise in this country. So nobody understands this. And I, I don't even, you know, I'm not going to throw a fit or anything. I'm not an emotional person, 
But the Republican Party, including Trump and DeSantis, creep me out because they don't understand this fundamentally. And they're just as phony. They're like, we're going to we're going to legislate the hate. We're going to fund the hate. We're going to give money to schools, money to this, money to that. How come my religion never gets any money? How come you don't dole $100 million of government money for my religion? And I don't want it. It's just like I want an equal playing field. But saying you want an equal playing field is a hate violation against 15 different groups because God forbid you have equal rights as everyone else in this world. You know, Martin Luther King would be considered a right wing extremist because it's like everybody deserves something. And it's like, no, not everybody. Shut up, MLK. You know, it's like that's how far gone things have, have have gotten. So it's like, you know, nobody seems to understand this, but you can't legislate hate out of America. You, It's just, in my opinion, it's a money scheme. It's like giving hundreds of billions of dollars to Zelensky. It's like, what's that going to do? Is it going to beat up Russia? No, are they winning the war? Probably not. They're probably losing the war. I have no idea. But if I were to guess on a, you know, multiple choice uh, quiz, I would guess that Russia's winning the war, but maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe... Ukraine's not going to win, though. It's not like they're going to beat up Russia. And who knows? But long story short, when you give hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine, who's going to get the money? I don't know. Some of it's going to go to weapons. Well, who makes the weapons? Some of it's going to go to this person. Who gets it? Uh, who's rebuilding rebuilding uh, Ukraine? It's BlackRock. So BlackRock landed an almost trillion dollar deal. They're making a lot of money. Interesting. So BlackRock's winning the war because they're going to rebuild Ukraine to the tune of almost a trillion dollars. Okay. If if tensions rise and America says we're going to stop hate and anti-Semitism and Islamophobia and we're going to give $15 million here, $10 million here, $5 million here, is the hate going to disappear? Or is like the tensions are, are rising in this country right now more than they've probably been in the last five years because of the October 7th attack and then the response from Israel, you know what I'm saying? That's why the tensions are rising. It's not like money's going to just like, oh, yeah, here, here's a billion dollars to every school in the world to make it illegal to protest against Israel. That's really going to make the tension. It's like maybe you guys should figure out how to stop 15 wars from happening. I'm not saying it's possible, but that would ease a lot of tension, don't you think? Uh, but they don't do that. They just make the problem worse and then they fund their friends. It's like Operation Warp Speed. It's like, here's a trillion dollars. Here's a trillion dollars. Here's a trillion dollars. Here's a vaccine. Here's a mandate. Here's this. Here's the, Oh, it didn't work. Oh, it's not supposed to work. It, it worked for Pfizer's pockets. It worked for, you know, uh, a bunch of the uh, people who got paid off of it. It worked for anybody who figured out how to sell COVID tests for three years and PCR tests. But it didn't work for you because it wasn't designed to work for you. It's the same way Kamala Harris can't stop hate. Joe Biden can't stop hate. Nikki Haley can't stop hate. Donald Trump can't stop hate. And Ron DeSantis can't stop hate. They can't just spend money. What they're doing is they're giving money to certain groups and certain races and certain religions and certain schools and not you. And it just makes people more annoyed like Tucker Carlson's like, I'm a little bit annoyed at that because you ignored what my children were going through for 15 years. And then you only care about yourself but then you demand that i care about that and i'm asking you where you were and when you ask where you were they get mad you know uh, a, a lot of the people so it's like you know i don't know when people are going to figure this out and you say this on twitter most people will get it but they'll be like oh you must be a hamas terrorist sympathizer and it's like no i know how things work you think if dave rubin got his way in america like he's laughing that uh protests are are, are being outlawed in france you know dave rubin the the pseudo intellectual fraud you know if that happened in america and they outlawed uh palestine protests completely 
And then the, you know, the Biden administration and Trump and everybody started just giving hundreds of millions of dollars to fight anti-Semitism. Do you think it, it would just disappear and like everybody would like each other? And then when you say anti-Semitism, what does it even mean? What does xenophobia mean? You're afraid of people from abroad? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean if I want to build a wall, I'm xenophobic? Because a wall is just strategic sense. Uh, someone said infinite yapping. You're doing infinite listening. So I'd rather be the one talking than listening and complaining about it. I do like to listen. But when I listen, I educate myself and I learn and I entertain myself. I don't listen to a podcast for hours and then cry about it in the comment section. It's like, oh my gosh, you're just yapping. Okay, well, turn change the channel. You could watch, you know, you could watch Rachel Maddow pooper pants or something talking about Russia collusion if you want. There's other options. But anyway, um, when it's all said and done, they're not the, the hate's going to rise. And then when the hate rises, they just make more money. You know, there's some people that they don't want the victim card to go away because the victim card's how they get money. Every time something happens, $100 million, $10 million, $50 million, $100 million, $200 million. And then they spend more and more and more. And then their calculations are like, oh my gosh, people like us less than they did five years ago. I wonder why. We need more money. Oh my gosh, we need more power. Oh my gosh, we need more money. We need more censorship. Elon Musk, it's his fault. Ah. It's like, did you ever think of maybe self-accountability? No, that's not, a, that's not an option, right? There's no self-accountability involved. You just got to like make money and, and, and tell like... It's not working. They're like, it's at a 50-year high. It's probably not. You're probably lying. But if it was, then what you're doing is not working. You know what I'm saying? If San Francisco went to shit, maybe try something different because what you're doing is wrong. It's the same thing with stopping hate and stopping division. They've taken the definition of what anti-Semitism means and Islamophobia is a made up term that they made up and xenophobic is a made up term that probably didn't even exist 30 years ago. And then they say, wow, hate's rising. It's like, well, what, are, what do you define hate? If a white person from Texas wants to build a border wall because they're getting overrun with millions of people from 100 different countries, you call that white person a hateful person. And if a Hispanic wants that to happen, you call them a, a hateful person too. So it's like, of course, hate's going to rise when you define everything as hate and you hate the truth and the truth is hate speech. And when you take a word that it doesn't even mean what you say it means and you say it means 15 different things. Now, no matter which side of the argument and on, technically you're being hateful. Like the only way to not be hateful is to just get on your knees and say moo like a cow and just give a bunch of your tax money to everything and have no say whatsoever. And it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense to do that anymore. Not that it ever did because the average thing is not as good as it used to be. Like the average job is not paying as much. The average job doesn't care about you as much. They're using AI and ways to track you and just make you as like productive as possible. And they don't even see you as a human. Inflation's going up. Eggs are more, gas is more. So it's like the average person isn't just going to work anymore and ignoring this stuff because they were ignoring this stuff for 40 years, but it's unignorable now because it's just not the same. You can't, ignore politics when you're locked in your house. That's why, you know, one of my rises, I would say in popularity, there's been different moments, but I would say 2020 really solidified a, a lot of my legacy, or at least um, put me on the radar of certain people, because now how could you ignore politics when you can't leave your house and the government's telling you that like breathing air at a gym is too bad. So you just got to get fat on the couch and watch Corona ads while they, you know, give, $18 billion of taxpayer money to vaccines and, and, and give everybody a COVID check. Now everyone's paying attention. Well, this is kind of affecting me. So, you know, they want people to ignore this stuff at the same time they're making it unignorable. It's very bizarre, but you know, 
Uh, check out the full interview with Candace. Uh, Tucker Carlson is pretty cool. He puts it out on X for free. You can watch it there for free. And out of every clip, Tucker doesn't seem to really copyright it that hard. So I appreciate it as a content creator because I could share longer clips of it, send people to his video, let him, let you know, give him full credit, but at the same time, not get this video taken down because you know, I like doing short clips and stuff. And the reason I do them short is for copyright reasons, but I would like to show you two to four minute clips because I'm not trying to cut you short all the time. Like I'm trying to get it all in there. A lot of people make it really difficult, but Tucker does not. So thank you, Tucker. Very timely interview. And to those, I know I saw some people on Twitter saying that they think that this is like a fake beef between Ben Shapiro and Candace. Um, to each their own, you know, you could believe that because it's not that far-fetched in entertainment to have a fake beef, but I do believe this is real. And I know, I, you know, I, I don't mean to be repetitive, but since 2019, I've seen how the Republican Party works and Zionism is like the number one thing. And all I'm saying is, I don't care. I never cared. It's just, I'm tired of being called hateful for pointing out obvious truth and reality. So it's like, if Dave Rubin says he wants to shut down a protest because for the same thing that they try to shut him down for, and he's a total hypocrite, and I say I believe in the First Amendment over Dave Rubin's anti-First Amendment hypocrisy, they'll call me anti-Semitic. And it's been like a little gatekeeping system like that for years now, if not longer. I haven't been in politics that long. But, uh, you know, that's why I believe uh, Ben is mad at Candace Owens, because, you know, this has brought out a lot more conversation about all of this stuff. You know, it's it's one of those topics that's kind of weird to talk about like too much normally or like they say it's weird or it doesn't seem topical. But it is topical because America is now revolving around our involvement in the Israel-Palestine conflict and there's protests and it's dominating our country. So it is a thing that people are talking about. And I would say that Candace talks about it more openly and has deeper conversations about it than most people. And, you know, that's why Ben's mad. I don't think it's a fake beef. Personally, you could think it is. But, you know, Candace is really going out there speaking her true opinion and saying what a lot of people believe. And trust me, um, I have friends all over the place that work at every media company. I got supporters all over that. You know, I walk around, people recognize me all the time. I'm just, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying God is great. I've had conversations with a lot of people. A lot of people are scared to say this stuff because they know that they can't work in conservative media if they tell the truth about this topic. It's very well known. Most people believe what I believe and they believe what Candace believes. Uh, they just don't want to say it because they don't want to lose everything. When I was criticizing Trump for Operation Warp Speed and just being very accurate and objective with it and just showing you the facts, people used to tell me, Anomaly, I do the ads for eight different people and they agree with you. They just don't want to say it because they have a family to feed and they know that a lot of these major advertisers are super pro-Trump. Understandable. I don't care. But if you go against it, sometimes they pull from you the same way a left winger would pull from you because they want to align with their values. And if they're really in deep with the Trump family or the Trump campaign, it doesn't make sense to have somebody on there that's questioning him. They want people that are just drooling and selling the product because it just, you know, probably makes more sales too. I don't really know. But long story short, you know, you'd be surprised how many people know what, what I say and what Candace says and, and, and what Tucker says and even what Elon Musk has been saying. You know, he's been very honest about a lot of stuff. There's just so many people in right-wing media that are like really afraid to voice that opinion because it's like the matrix. Like, uh, you know, once you, once you go there, you can't go back. And it's kind of, it's like, it's like being at a left-wing corporation and saying, you know what? Donald Trump's not that bad. 
it's like the matrix opens up and it's like, and then like everyone turns against you and you have to like live a whole different reality. You know, Nikki Haley's talking about making it illegal to be anonymous. I mean, on one hand, I completely disagree, obviously, but you know, I, I do wish people were more courageous, but I understand why they're not because like people will try to ruin your life, dox you, use facial recognition to see your face, scan you, like try to ruin your life over being right about a political topic on both parties. So naturally people are frightened to put their real identity and their face out there. So they stay anonymous to voice their opinions out of security from the police state. So, you know, but really like that happened, just like it happens on the left, right? When you have an opinion, the matrix shatters, the same thing happens on the right. And I think you're seeing that in real time with Candace and Ben, because, you know, Ben was super, super wrong, I would say, for the first couple months of the pandemic. Um, and I've voiced my opinion about it. But it's like for somebody who's been wrong about so many different topics, you would think he had a little bit of humility when it comes to Candace, who was right about those topics like Candace from day one. Candace was one of the very few, especially with her like clout and level of uh, popularity. She might have been the only one that was warning people about mandatory vaccinations in 2019. We all saw it coming in 2019 before the pandemic because they were already trying to do it. They were trying to sneak it in in 2019. And most of conservative Inc. media completely ignored it because it's not a sexy story. And Candace was right early on. She's made several, you know, documentaries questioning a lot of stuff that people wouldn't question. And, uh, you know, for Ben could say what he wants, he's free to do that. But for him, I'm just going to show you again. Well, actually, maybe I won't because I don't want my screen to freeze. But, uh, you know, Candace just posted a Bible quote and he's like, oh, if money's so bad, you know, if that's so, you know, why don't you quit the Daily Wire? Like, that's kind of crazy. I'll find the exact quote because I don't want to be inaccurate. But um, Candace posted a Bible quote and Ben said, Candace, if you feel that taking money from the Daily Wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means, quit. So it's like nowhere in that Bible quote either did it say like, I can't tell the truth and I can't make money. It's like it literally just was like, you know, if you're righteous, you'll be persecuted. And at the end of the day, you can't serve both at the same time. You could make some money, but if it comes to God and money, you know, the Christian wants to side with God. It doesn't mean you can't make money siding with God. It's just like you can't serve two masters. So at the end of the day, if there's a fork in the road and they say, here's the money, here's what you believe, which one do you want? You're supposed to decide with what you believe. And that was what the quote was. And somehow Ben projected and saw himself in the quote and said, you know, why don't you just quit then? If you can't serve both, then why don't you quit? And it's like, nowhere did she say that she like, that's not what it said. Um, to each their own, he's allowed to disagree. But I believe that this is the third rail of conservative politics being revealed. It's been like this for a long, long time. And there's a lot of people that work at these media corporations who agree with Tucker, Candace, a lot of people, um, you know, they just don't want to say it because it's not necessarily uh, profitable or job security to say this sort of stuff and have honest conversations about really difficult topics. And we and we know and I want to leave on this note because obviously war is super sad. Like I had a Ukrainian girl get really mad at me when I talked about the Ukrainian war. And it's like, she has an emotional connection to Ukraine. Nothing wrong with that. I like, God bless. But you have to understand I'm getting destroyed by like I'm paying taxes and it's disgusting how much I pay. Like I'm it's, I got to really, you know, balance my books a little better in the sense of like, you know, 
once you hit a certain bracket, you pay a lot of money and they say it's profits, but it's like, I still got to pay rent. I got to pay groceries. Long story short, I pay tax money. You know what I'm saying? I file accurately. I do all that stuff and I'm paying my fair share of this country. I'm paying a lot. Um, and then you send $200 billion to a foreign country and then you call me a hate monger for having an opinion about it. It's like, if I'm going to pay these taxes and these roads aren't being fixed and these cities are getting worse, just like Joe Rogan said when he moved to Texas, you know, it, you're allowed as an American taxpayer to feel a way about how they're spending your money. And, you know, the Ukrainian girl got mad at me. I understand. But it, it, at a certain point, it does. It is a little bit offensive where it's like when it comes to Ben, I understand that you care about that country. I care about all countries in the world, but I care about my country because I live here. And, you know, we're tired of being called hateful for having an opinion. It's like, no, we're just an open vessel to just send money everywhere. We got to get involved in any, every war, every, if our military, and I'm not saying they should, but if our military, if our countries, if our politicians, if the Democrat and Republican party cared about American citizens, like they pretend to, and cared about American citizens, like they do Ukraine and Israel and 15 different foreign wars, we could fix this stuff instantly. San Francisco's fixable. New York city's fixable, but they're all fake. Speaker Johnson's fake. Pelosi's a fake. McConnell's a fake. I would even go as far as saying Trump and DeSantis are fake. They're just less fake than the other fakes. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's okay for Americans to realize that everything we're doing and everything we're involved in, we're not getting the return. Um, and I personally, I'm not going to say I'm like offended, like I need a safe space, but it was really annoying when the war broke out and people were just like, you can't question any aspect of the war. And it's like, do you realize that American history is like Gulf of Tonkin, uh, babies in incubators? Uh, you know, what I'm saying the JFK files revealed that they said that they were going to blow up a boatload of Cuban real or simulated. You know what I'm saying? The foundation of the term conspiracy theory, the fact that everyone got called an anti-vaxxer for two years for saying that the COVID vaccine, the mRNA shots weren't 100% effective. It's like our whole history, whether it's the pharmaceutical industry or war, is built on the media deceiving the public into a war that doesn't benefit America or the country we're defending or the country we're attacking. That's the real history of America. I'm not saying we're horrible. There's, It's not like everything we've done is bad. But at the same time, our real history is probably more wars than not were based off of false pretenses. And if it's a righteous war, why do you have to lie about it? If this war is so righteous, why did that lady, the Naira testimony, have to do the babies and incubators? If it's a righteous war, you shouldn't have to exaggerate and lie. So it's like, I don't care that you feel this way. I don't care that people are this, but don't tell American citizens that they can't question Ukraine stuff or Israel stuff or Palestine stuff because that's just what it is. It's like, you that's not that's not our real history. So at, at, at the end of the day, I think a lot of Americans are getting fed up because they're not just trying to be like, you know, taxable walking like robots, you know, like people people want to be respected and valued in this country and not just used and abused. And they have every right to. And outside of politics and Trump and Biden, we need to get back to treating people better, treating employees better. You know, I know some companies definitely do it, but it's like, let's let's bring the love back it's not going to come through a nikki haley executive order she'll never get to do that because she's probably never going to get in office again it's not going to come through a trump or desantis bill it's not going to come through an islamophobia kamala harris initiative like they they're not going to be able to stop the hate and division especially when they're the ones causing it and starting it we can do that but it takes a lot of honesty and self-accountability from everyone but that's not what they want to do. They just want to print billions of dollars and tell you that they're fighting hate simultaneously as, as it's going up. Like, we spent a billion dollars to fight hate, but it's rising. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. 
well, maybe you're doing it wrong. Maybe, maybe you can't fund and legislate it out of existence. Maybe you need to be honest and have a real conversation, which is what a lot of people don't want to do. So that's what we're doing here. God bless you guys. Dreamer podcast. As always, folks, I want to say two things. One, go watch if you want Tucker Carlson on X. He posted it. And uh, the whole interview is there for you to see. It's pretty cool that Tucker is off Fox and doing what he wants to do. Support him since he allows me to share clips. And I'm, I don't know if he means to or not, but he's just real loose with his uh, you know, Twitter X stuff. And I want to show you guys too. Obviously, this hat is at dreamer.com. And I have these sweatshirts, the God is Great sweatshirts. We had a few sales yesterday, so I appreciate it. I want to say it's going to be the most comfortable sweatshirt you ever buy. I mean, obviously, I, I don't want to get sued for that because you could be like, technically, I had a more comfortable sweatshirt when I was seven, but it's my most comfortable sweatshirt. People love it. Check it out, dreamrare.com. We got God is Great sweatshirts. We got blue beanies. We got black beanies. If that's not a message that you like, we got big farmer, not big pharma shirts. We got stickers. We got other designs. We got freedom over tyranny stuff. We got other stuff for you, but I do want to say when you wear the God is Great sweatshirt, I was, uh, I'm trying to think where I was the other day. Oh, at a gas station. And this lady's like, I love your hat. I love your shirt. I always get the most compliments on my merch. And then I kind of sound like a douchebag. I'm like, it's mine. I make it, you know, but I, I, I say that because I do. When people compliment my hat and my jacket, it's hard to not be like, oh, it's, it's mine, you know, but I feel like kind of douchey doing that as well. You know, they're like, oh, interesting, but you get two compliments on the God is Great. So you got to. You got to throw it down, have a little bit of pride in the business. So dreamrare.com, check it out. Appreciate y'all. Have a beautiful Thanksgiving, but a week more of podcasts before that. Appreciate you guys. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me. Support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping the show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week week it's annoying so i don't do it stay in touch with me.com it helps me take back some power away from big tech telegram t.me slash dream rare chat or at dream rare chat due to censorship i post all my live stream and videos there sometimes i have some bonus content and i try to give people a heads up when facebook or youtube won't dream rare chat at telegram my instagram is at dream rare thanks for everybody following there for shorter content and dreamrarelinks.com that's dreamrarelinks.com has all my stuff my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my music on Spotify and Apple, my Rumble page, my BitChute and Gab page, all my links.